0: My name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Hi, welcome to this week's training. I am Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Communication, a place for all things biz. And today, we're going to dive into Chapter 2 of my story of paying off $56,000 of credit card debt quick. Listen to last week's podcast to get the prologue and Chapter 1 if you want. So I want to tell you about a dream. Now, I can't remember the year that I had this dream, but it was probably 2012 or so. Here's a little bit of background to help you understand the dream better. First, I used to go with my dad driving every summer for three years when I was about 16 through 18. I loved those trips with him. I got to see 42 states and spend time with my dad in ways that many kids don't get to. I mean, when you're sitting in a truck for hours a day with nowhere to go, you get to have some great conversations. I got to learn more about him and my family, my grandparents, and laugh. Oh, my gosh. My dad is the funniest person ever. He he made me laugh so hard. He would laugh so hard. I mean, I thought he was going to have to pull over because we were both crying. And I'm pretty sure I got my humor from him. I'm pretty funny. But the characters in the dream, other than myself is my mother-in-law, Mickey. She since passed away from Alzheimer's, um, but she was alive at the time of the dream. My son, Kent, is in the dream the second time. He's about five in it, but at the time of the dream, he was actually older. I believe he was 10. But I think that he, um, like, times the dream to a degree, meaning it pinpoints where it is in um, my story. And then, obviously, the generational component. So with all of that background, let me give you the first dream that I had. So I'm in my dad's semi-truck going down the road. He was driving, and I was in the passenger seat as usual. I was 39, my current age at the time of the dream, and instead of it being fun, I had a bad feeling, a foreboding that something was coming, some type of danger I'm on high alert. I'm looking carefully at the road and my surroundings when suddenly I see a huge hole in the road and it was approaching fast. I shouted at my dad and grabbed the steering wheel to keep us from driving into the hole and then I woke up. Now at the time I didn't know what the dream meant but I started praying asking for an interpretation. I'm not sure how much time passed but then I had the dream again but there were some differences. This time I'm back in the truck and now I'm driving. My dad isn't there. Mickey is in the passenger seat and then Kent is in the bunk sitting with his legs hanging down between our seats. It's the exact same road and the same bad feeling and this time I was even more alert and felt that I could avoid it but instead the hole was out of nowhere. I couldn't avoid it and then The truck with us in it started spiraling down into this vortex. Now, to me, it was different because it wasn't like gravity was pulling us down. The vortex was like sucking us down and we were spiraling. And I used extreme effort and I tried to pull us up and out and the dream ended. Now, the second dream interpreted both the first one and this one and it pointed to my first memories of money that developed my mindset and my relationship money that I talked about in last week's episode. So I want to take you back to 1986. I am a child of the 80s, the decadent 80s I might add. My life wasn't that great though. I love my dad and he loves me so I want to be really careful with the story so as not to dishonor him. At the time, he was on his third marriage, and we lived in Odessa, Texas, which is basically an oil town that was booming when we got there. My dad had moved from Oklahoma after he quit Halliburton and started a hot shop business. Basically, he'd take equipment to oil rigs, especially, especially back and forth to and from California and Texas. Money was good. Then the marriage started to suffer. He was gone a lot, and I think that was hard on his wife. Both of them drank a lot, too. Alcohol, by the way, never helps a marriage that's dying, let me tell you. Then the oil boom crashed. I remember to this day oil execs jumping out of windows in Midland, uh, Texas, the neighboring town. The marriage also went into a downward spiral with lots of fights, drinking, and turmoil. I was 13 at the time, so I felt it all very keenly. And I remember being so sad. My only escape was school. Eventually, my dad lost everything, his home, his vehicles, his job, his wife, and even me. My grandpa came and got him, and I lived with my stepmother for a bit, and then we ended up in Childress, Texas before I finally settled here in Clovis. Us entrepreneurs wear many hats, but there are some hats that we don't want to wear and we don't want to know how to wear. And that's where Fiverr comes in. Fiverr puts the whole world of freelance talent at your fingertips for all kinds of things that we need done, like logo design, writing and translation, digital marketing, video and animation, music and audio, programming and tech, web design, and more. They even have lifestyle freelancers to help you with personal style relationship coaching, health and fitness, and so much more. I recently used them to type the transcript of a video for me and was amazed at how fast and professional my freelancer was. You'll find high-quality services at every price point. There's no hourly rates, just project-based pricing. And your payments are protected. Go to SherryLovesFiverr.com and get started. That's Sherry with an I and Fiverr with two R's. Now, growing up, I was never taught to about money. I had no idea how to budget. I didn't know, how, know any good uh, money practices. I do remember getting an allowance for a short while, but my stepmom stopped that. I'm not sure why. It gave me a value for working and earning money. I didn't know how their finances were. I wasn't spoiled by any means, and I didn't know until later that Dad made quite a bit of money. I'm not sure where it all went. We lived pretty humbly. Maybe it's all that beer. (laughs) But money was a mystery. And then I saw everything being repossessed. And that mixed with drinking and divorce created a fear and a lack mindset. That coupled with no money skills was a recipe for disaster. So I believe the first dream was a picture of that. I also saw that I woke up before uh, knowing that if we went to the hole, not knowing if we went to the hole or not, which I believe was an indicator that I had a choice. It was during this time that I should have uh, shifted spending habits, and we could have avoided all the fear, stress, and uncertainty later. Now, the second dream is tied to uh, my mother-in-law. So when my son was about five, the age he was in that dream, my mother-in-law got her and my father-in-law in a lot of debt. Like, he didn't know how bad or how much she was using the cards. It was so much, they had to file bankruptcy. It really was the only option for them at the time because they didn't have much of a grid for a side hustle, second job, et cetera, to pay it off. My mother-in-law just didn't wanna work. For both dreams, we see a generational component where I'm now in a lot of credit card debt like my dad experienced in the 80s, and on my husband's side, a generational component of his folks doing the same thing and filing bankruptcy. I also felt that if I didn't change and demonstrate wise money management, my son would also fall into the same pit. So let me say right here, again, it wasn't just falling, like I could literally feel the vortex pulling the truck. I had to fight like crazy to get us out. So those two dreams became my guidance in the decisions we made. I knew that it was going to take tremendous effort to get us out, which I'll get into later in this series. The first part was examining some of my beliefs about money that were contributing to the problem. So there's two of them, and one of them was a mystery mindset. And this one was pretty straightforward. Money was a mystery to me. On top of that, I just didn't want to know the numbers. I just kept juggling money and moving it around to buy some time. Nothing illegal, but I kept spending like we didn't have a money problem. Finally, one day, I swallowed the fear, and I added up all the debt and our income, and we were way over what we brought home. My business and my husband's just didn't bring in enough. I had to get a job. But something very weird happened after that. The mystery of how bad it was, was gone. I felt empowered. I had concrete facts. I knew how much extra was needed to survive. I could get that problem solved and then tackle the debt. Which brings me to the day I was on my couch and found out that only $200 was coming in that I discussed last week. It was then I decided to get a job. Thankfully, I got one that opened up all kinds. Oh, thankfully, sorry, I got one. That opened up all kinds of emotions, which I'll discuss in a future chapter. I also learned that there are tried and true principles for building wealth. Once I started using them, it actually wasn't as hard as I thought it'd be to get out of debt. The other mindset was acceptance of money. Now, this one caught me by surprise, so let me explain. I was doing the Five wise exercise to try to figure out why I would impulse buy. Now, at the time, I didn't think I was impulse buying. I mean, I didn't have rooms and rooms full of crazy stuff like five TVs and, you know, CD players and furniture and appliances and all that. Um, so, I, And I really didn't buy huge things, but if I wanted something, I just got it, even though I knew I'd have to put it on the card. It took years and years, but all of those little purchases, they became a big problem. As I went through the exercise, exercise, I realized that the only time I felt accepted was when my dad was home from the road, and he usually gave me gifts. I had associated gifts with acceptance as a child, and that mindset carried over to my money relationship. All those little purchases from Amazon gave me a shot of dopamine in an attempt to recreate the good feelings I had when my dad was home. Once I realized what was going on, I no longer needed to do that. Often, discovering the why is all that's needed to create change. From that point on, I was well on my way to freedom. I now viewed May differently, and our relationship was already getting better. Now I needed to figure out the mechanics of wealth and paying off debt, but that's for next week. I love taking quizzes, and I love making quizzes, and I've developed a quiz just for introverts. Us introverted entrepreneurs can have a rough time starting that combo, pitching our product or service, and networking in a way that produces more business can be nerve wracking and it can be overwhelming. But did you know that there are actually four introvert types? I had no idea until I began to research it. And from that research, I developed the introvert flavor quiz. You'll learn which type of introvert you are, how you connect best with clients, how you best conduct conduct business and more. So head over to sherryannwilson.com forward slash introvert-flavor-quiz and find out your introvert flavor. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph.